listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 29, Episode one of Happy Jacks Over Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kenny. I'm Stork. In this episode, Josh from Orlando writes in about professional GMs, and GM Radio Rob writes in about making mundane careers interesting. I could do that. Is that like a real what? Yeah. <laughs> if you have advice on that, please, I want to hear. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com when you email us. Uh, and if you'd like to watch us live, go to happyjacks.org slash live, happyjacks.org slash live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. 10, 12 a.m. Pacific Time this day. Uh, well, we have a good excuse for it being a little... Yeah, we're, re- we're redoing everything. There's, 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 do you guys notice something different? It, outside of the camera shots, it still looks like hell. People tend to do the man behind the curtain. This is, this is the way Hollywood works. It's like just the illusion is that deep. And my desk. <laughs> oh, wait. It got delayed, unfortunately. But yeah, we have all new set up here. You'll really be able to. Well, maybe you won't be able to. Is mic on? I don't. Like clipped on? Yeah. No. <laughs> It was a few minutes ago, though. Okay. You did the thing. You tested it. Um, okay. Uh, but, yeah, it'll look, it'll look different, I think, especially when we do the APs. But for now, it sort of yeah. looks the same. But Except Sork and I are taking school pictures. We're in entirely different pl- different places, though. Everything yeah, has everything been Everything is different in the room. You don't know this. You can't see it, but it's super changed. weird. I'm Stu's now staring at... at Stu's actually on the ceiling. Right next to us. And okay. he's, I'm right here. Yeah. And they're there. No, oh, look at that. <laughs> Dimensional oh, shift. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> it actually lined up. That was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is great for everyone listening to the podcast. It's funny. Right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the cameras look funny. <laughs> and the sound is the sound is gonna at some point get quieter. Sometime after Wednesday. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little loud right now. We, but we're gonna change how the air ducts are all done in here, so it should quiet things down a bit. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Or we make it worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the news on our end. Yeah. Professional GMs. What? Josh in Orlando, Floridia. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing now. I recently picked up a weird, cheap RPG called Business Wizards by Ninth Level Games. While funny. And rules light, I couldn't quite wrap my head around how a session is played. I searched the internet in hopes of an actual play, but instead found something interesting. Startplaying.games. Ninth Level Games uses this platform to schedule sessions to teach people how to play all of their games. Hmm. I thought, wow, what a great idea to spread the word of your game. Here's a link to their page because I think that it's cool. And start playing mm-hmm. dot games slash blah, 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 blah. I'll put it yeah. in the thing. Uh, excited about this, I went to explore what other games are available and what I found was a surprise. Unlike the free games hosted by Ninth Level, the site's focus, this is start playing dot games, I, just, I assume, the site's focus is paying to play with a game run by a, quote, professional, end quote, GM. Are those, are those ironic quotes? No. Okay. Those are thing. Uh, some charging a modest $5 per session, mm-hmm. with many in the 20 to 
per session range, and one standout listed on the front page charges $100. And I bet his Twitter account also complains that some of us GM for free, and we shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) You want to bet? 100%. If he's an artist, he's going to say that. (laughs) That's what... My favorite thing about Twitter is people are like, I do this thing and it's really hard and I want to be able to charge for it, but there's a bunch of people who don't. Yeah. 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 Well, as a finish the email. Important to note, this is a website. This is this website is just scheduling and payment system. The games are still run through Roll20, 20, 20 Zoom, etc., and I assume in person at some point in mm-hmm. the future. Uh, so what do you think your GM... I don't know if I would pay... Would you pay someone to work? I don't know. Uh, what, would, what do you think your GMing is worth per session per player? You actually skipped over a whole sentence here. Important to note, <laughs> this website is just... I said that. Oh, okay. I read all of that. <laughs> I am worth about half a can of stale Pringles, <laughs> the bottom half that is hard to reach, and mostly... Bro- I hate... Fucking hate that shit. Broken Pringles? No, the bottom half of the can is a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's no, like, you just, like, dump them in your mouth. That's the best part. Because that's you like an avalanche. But that's a lot. Yeah. Because of that little lip. It's like, oh... Dum, 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 yeah! an avalanche of salt. You haven't seen that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why I'm better at it. Oh! <laughs> Thanks for the show, Josh and Orlando, <laughs> Malifer on the discords. Yeah, I'm waiting for... I'm a professional GM, and there's too many people giving it away. I can't charge $80 a session per player. Well, actually, and no. it's your fault. <laughs> the, the opposite is actually what's happening. So what? there are professional GMs. I, like, full, I've been paid to GM a few times. Um... And uh, they are, like, especially on online communities, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, for the most part, they're, like, reviled. And people, like, rip into them for, like, messing up the hobby and making it a thing. Well, that's that's stupid, too. (laughs) For me, I'm like... If you can make money doing something you you would do for free... Yeah! It's not a side hustle or freelancing. Right. I mean, if, you can, if you can monetize anything, it's a freelance side oh, hustle. Go for it. Yeah. Especially if you're a good GM and you can, you know, don't mind. Because I would imagine probably most of the people who are doing that, who are doing, like, regularly being paid, buying the same shit over and over again for different people rather than a, Why not? Yeah. a steady game. Absolutely. I would imagine. Yeah. I think... Um, and they prob- probably almost all of them want D&D. 100%. Which, I mean, D&D is an expensive hobby. Like, you have to buy all the books. If you're paying paid to GM, you have to take spend the time to build that rule set and know it well. Like, you can't be, like... Oh, and then you you have to have your prescription to whatever they're... Assert, yeah. D&D Beyond or D&D whatever Beyond the fuck that's And Rule 20, and you have to buy all this stuff on both of those things. Like, Ugh. like it's expensive, because once you buy it on... Like, if you buy it, I, th- I think you have to buy it twice, because if you're running something on Roll 20... Um, like you have to buy it there in addition to buying it through the D&D platform so you don't I don't think you can just pop it over I don't, um, I don't, you might have different tiers too you could just have one where you, you gain mm-hmm. or like over Zoom you might have one where you use a Roll20 platform so you could probably charge different levels I was watching another show I, I don't know if it's kosher to plug it but they hired a professional GM to run their game Yeah, and it was great and this guy Asked them what they wanted to play, mm-hmm. kind of what they, and he kind of crafted an adventure for them. So it wasn't the t- a, stip- a typical thing. I mean, maybe he then puts it in, puts it in a file. And oh, sure, he does. Yeah. Later, yeah. But yeah. he sort of tailors it for the group. And I don't know what 
I think he has a website. You can go check it out mm-hmm. for payment and stuff. I have no problem with something like that. If you're a busy person, and especially in the COVID times when you can't all meet, I have no problem hiring somebody. I hire a gardener to do my garden. <laughs> I can do that myself. I don't. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have it depends whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. If you don't want to do like, I don't like gardening. I don't want to mow my lawn. <laughs> I don't even own a lawnmower or a weed whacker. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, I pay someone to do it because I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who don't want to DM, but they want to play. Oh, sure. So if there's that like that, that opportunity, then yeah, some people should like make some money off of it. And I can see why some people wouldn't want to pay. And fine, if you don't want to pay for a DM, that's totally it, legitimate. I'm, I wonder when the paid... Like GMing schools are going to start, or if they have. I'm sure they have. I've seen. I've seen stuff like a that. GM academy. <gasps> I mean, that's a what we mastermind. Do. <gasps> like we should. Do, we should do Happy Jacks, like GMing mastermind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> monetize that shit right now. Here we go. Uh, Happy Jacks Academy. We will give you a printed out paper I, that says that you are awesome. It'll be legit. Master of jacking. Yeah. <laughs> Certified Happy Jacks GM. It's called a JM. It's a Jackmaster. Yeah, yeah. Cert, you have to put certified. <laughs> That's certified. certified in there. And there's like going to be a little like crest on it. It'll be very fancy. Uh, we'll get uh, one of those little imprinting things yeah. like they use for mm-hmm. like corporate minutes and stuff yeah. with a little embossed deal. Yeah. It'll be some good shit. <laughs> and there's a lot of reasons. I'll start working on a series of GMing lectures. There you go. There's, there's a, a lot of reasons access people to. can't GM. Whether they don't want to GM or they just don't have the time to GM. Because GM takes a lot of, of time. And sometimes yeah. it's just a mindset. People just. The pressures and stress of GMing are too much, whether it's because it's too close to what they do for a living or they are, they're introverts and they don't want to do it. It's putting themselves out there. There's a lot of reasons. I can totally see, like, I really want a game. Nobody wants to GM. What do we do? Oh, my God, there's a guy that will pay 100 bucks per session. Let's do it. Perfect. I would totally do that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I, I get why... Like, there's a thing, especially in all nerd hobbies, like, there's a thing with comic books, but it's, it seems especially, like, deeply ingrained with tabletop gaming of, like, this is our hobby, and now people are coming in and taking it from us, and I feel like a lot of people who are resistant to having, like, professional GMs kind of don't like the, it seems like it's becoming more commercial and more mainstream. I always flip that on, yeah, but think about how much more cool shit when, you know, exists and is created for popular things. Like, when when D&D gets super popular, suddenly we have, like, all so many more things being created for it. So many people are writing things for it. So many people are running it. You know, it's so much easier to find games. You gotta play D&D. Really? Well, I'm not an example. But but it's the same thing with with tabletop games being popular. Like, a lot more indie creators, like myself, are able to, like, make games and, you know, play games and Things like PBTA become mainstream enough, and Blades in the Dark gets its its own TV show and weird, wild shit like that. Which, by the way, it did. Um, um, <laughs> I, I see this as an evolution, as a reflection of the current uh, technology that we have. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be able to have a paid GM if somebody had to drive across country to go and GM somebody's house. I yeah. the reason that, that I think that it does stuff. exist, though. It, what? That does exist, though. Y- yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's some GMs that do that. Because we've had someone but, write in about that. But I also think that with the advent of tech now, you can just pop up on somebody's screen and GM from there. And I think that it's it's an evolution because of the technology we have now, which we didn't used to have. Is so that an evolution, or is that a stopgap because of the pandemic? I think both. It's, no, I think it's both. You don't think people are chomping at the bit to go back to gaming in person? Some. I think there's a lot of people who never were able to or live in places they couldn't. They've always been there, though. Right, but I think 
the the COVID forced the issue and made a lot more tools available because so many people were forced to do that. That now I think there are people who maybe didn't do it before who might who might consider doing it. They might do both. Like I'm I'm probably going to do a lot of play tests online for people right. that I don't know in person. Right. And still absolutely love running in-person games with my friends. Right. Things like that. So I think, especially for um, the, the game designer community, it's been amazing because now we have access to all these people all over the world who we can run playtests for right. that, you know, don't... It's very sweet, weird that I can, like, very easily, like, talk to you next to me while we're <laughs> filming. Well, where the desk is here and my laptops are oh, over. Yeah, that I can't see. Hello, Steve. <laughs> um, I, always find, yeah. I always found that one of the one of the barriers to playing role playing games was getting to the person's house, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have failed, and they still fail at that. And it's not nobody's fault. Sometimes it's traffic. Sometimes it's just a long ass drive. I mean, here in LA, the 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 LA County is as big as like the distance between Portland and Salem. Yeah. And I, it's like, and so you're traveling like in other places, you would be traveling from one city to another to yeah. get to a game. And you've got traffic, so it's like a five hour drive to your friend across town. We are two because okay. this is technically Pasadena. I'm not astonished that a lot of people. <laughs> That are in our games. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm astonished that a lot of people that are in our games travel the distance that they do. Yeah. I, I'm honored that that there's people in Orange County. They spend an hour and a half getting here. Yeah. Every day. Well, you and I, we're all within 20 minutes of each other. But it, it let's not underestimate the power of staying at home, <laughs> especially if you work all day. You come home, you turn on your computer, you can game. Yeah, I, see, I disagree. I've, I've hated online gaming. I've detested it the entire time I've been doing I it. I know, but it's... I can't stand but it. But it's better than not gaming at all. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could just sit in my house and watch TV. And I can also see weather-wise. You know, you live in Alaska or Minnesota in the middle that, of winter. Yeah. yeah. That, that's an hour and a half in the yeah. snow to go. That's a different issue. And there's also people that live really far away, yeah. but there's also people that, like... Don't live far away. And I understand. Before this, managed to game, and it, I, it's a different experience. It, it and, is, and I and I don't think it is. As, it's 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 methadone. Yeah. Well, I also like like I'm in an online D and D game with all our real friends. Like Joey's in it, right. and like that. And we're going to continue. Like we're we play every other Friday, and it's so great for me because it's D and D. So. When it's not my turn, I can multitask. But um, <laughs> but also, like, I'm technically at home with my with my kid. Like, right. if I'm leaving to go play all the time, then leaving, you know, my partner with leave to watch my kid, then, like, like there's a, a, a inequality there. Like, my daughter's asleep. She's a fantastic sleeper. Thank you so much for that. Um, but, like, I'm technically home, and I'm able to watch her, so I'm able to game and also be a parent to a one or 16-month-old. Right. So at that, it, it lets you have that and be home and like my husband and I are doing our own little things like our projects so I, I don't know for me that's awesome because I get another game in in the week and I, I don't have to like ask him hey like can you watch the kid again like by right. yourself so there's I don't know I, I find that very valuable I'm not saying it's not valuable I'm just saying it's not the same it's not the same I, 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 I prefer in, in person too 100% I see a world where the two can coexist you can of play can coexist, but I'm saying one's better than the other you, you can go <laughs> play soccer when it's soccer season and then when it isn't you can go play FEMA online with your friends and it's a different experience but they're both valid that's true yeah they're not the same. No. <laughs> I, yeah, I do, I mean, like, the, the in-person banter, like, the timing, like, you can see when somebody's about to say something. Like, I am so tired of the, the Zoom. Oh, no, no, you go. No, you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. 
Although people are much oh, better I, at it. That I do sure. miss. I do miss that. <laughs> that that is something that, that that magic you can't capture in real life. <laughs> Wait, we just did a pretty good job. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, getting back to the professional GMing thing, mm-hmm. we I swear we had an email at some point about three or four years ago. Someone was either had hired a GM or they knew someone who was hiring out as GM in like some place high population density, like New York or it was New York, I think. I think it was, and they would like go to someone's house Mm -hmm. and GM a game. So it's like, oh, it's be like a host a murder party, but you hire a professional company to come and do it for you, almost. So. I mean, if you can get, it, I mean, you can get paid doing what you love doing, right? Fucking a, do it. Oh, totally. I mean, I know enough starving artists and actors. I'm just waiting for the muscles. Twitter complaints. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why there's all these people giving away their gaming for free. I'm trying to make a living here. There's a lot that of will happen. There, well, <laughs> already happened, and it's already happened. I'm upset that, like, if there's an argument to be had, Twitter has already had it. Like, this is just the we, rule of Twitter. We know enough VO artists that have that same complaint. You know, they want to do voiceover, and they're like, nobody's paying me because people will do it for free. Yeah. Right, sure. Yeah. Um, there's so much. I, I spent, I if you're doing time. something that's, that people are doing for free, it's a, a tough time calling that work. Yeah. <laughs> I wasted a lot of time trying to become a comic book artist, and people were under, you know, there were people doing it for free. Oh, it was sure. hard to um, even, like, get any money for right. it. Right, well, we'll do this one on spec. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Artists, it's artists like, have been, it's like have been, been in a garage band. <laughs> artists have been exploded with that spec thing forever. Oh, so, so yeah, so like, so garage bands. Yep, it's happen, It still happens all the time mm-hmm. until you can start pulling crowds, and then you're like, it'll be. You no, know, we're not doing that. We're gonna, we're gonna throw that <laughs> It'll be a great opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you get a lot of exposure. Yeah. Well, that's what people expect. <laughs> they expect you to like. Do it for free until you're famous enough to say no, and then they have to start paying you. Like they will not right. pay you until you force them to do so. And then the, then they were until you warrant the money. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, That's it's fine. some weird. But I mean, also entry. club owners are special kind of slime. Well, <laughs> yes, and so is the record industry. Anything with right. like, yeah. Don't get me started with music, <laughs> but Spotify. And, there's slime. <laughs> there's yeah. a good topic. I'm interested to see how it goes. Like yeah. actually starting a. Happy Jack's Academy isn't a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> mastermind. Yeah, so you, mastermind. You get your, your, you know, your, your bachelor's in GMing, and you can have like a minor in GMing for kids. That I could run that. Mm-mm, thing. Mm-mm, no, no. no. Okay. Ordinations. Ordina- oh, okay. There you go. It's a hierarchy, a priesthood hierarchy. Oh, okay. You start out as an <laughs> acolyte. You were like an acolyte it. GM. Yes. And then from that, you would go on to something else. <laughs> Eventually, you'd become. A minister GM. I like it. At which point we we, we partner with the mm-hmm. Universal Life Church up in Mendocino. Yeah. And get you your certificate and you actually like perform in game weddings for characters that are actually <laughs> legally binding. <laughs> Very real <laughs> legally yeah. binding sense. And then and then you'll have like the bishop level. That's very good. It's very You fun. better get on that now. It's, like you don't have enough to do. We need a backstory about like a Space alien who invented GMing. Okay, we're not billions of years ago. <laughs> Jim, no, stop now. Okay, next, next email. Oh gosh, what have we started? <laughs> Making mundane careers interesting. And I, I will use an enormous amount of coke once we're once we have the entire <laughs> thing set up, like the the big hierarchy. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have levitation belts yet? No. Yes. Because no. if you do enough, I, I did, they I'm do. Like <laughs> envisioning like Baron Harkonnen from Dune. Are you typecasting yourself there? Yes. yes. 
Greetings, Manny Jackermaters. <laughs> GM Radio Rob here, writing to you from the great Antipodes. Antipodes. Thank you for helping. <laughs> Hoping you can keep. Well, I don't know what that is. Somebody look that up. It's someone who's against feet. Antipods. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, if that were if that were a uh, the biological term. I'm sorry, Radio Rob. Where are, where are the antipodes? I, I will. I'll look it up right uh, now. Hoping you can help keep uh, keeping the GM gray matter running. If you come get a certification. Now, if that's Australian, because Australian, the, the, the sounds of the words, of, of the vowels, are, the, the vowels are irrelevant to the sounds that the vowels make with an Australian accent. I'd like to apologize to our Australian viewers here. We, uh, we Australia is oh, mistaking you with the Welsh. The, <laughs> the Antipodes, which is the pronunciation, mm-hmm. uh, Australia and New oh. Zealand... There we go. Yeah. That's Thank those you. massive islands. Thank you. Is, when's Waitangi Day, by the way? Speaking of, uh, and it's also it has a second meaning, the direct opposite of something. Voting and violence are antipodes. Okay. I'm currently smitten with Alien. Who is it? One of the greatest <laughs> movies ever. Role playing game. Internet. And I want to try my. <laughs> I want to buy a. The role-playing game, I want to try my hand at Space Truckers Campaign. I've always liked the idea of have ship, will travel, and there's something about the down-to-earth presentation of a starship crew in the movie Alien that I really dig. Now, it's Game Masters, <coughs> sorry, Game Mothers, per Alien, I mean, are not just control freaks, but overthinkers. I've been doing battle with, that, with what challenges I can throw at my players that fit the world they inhabit. Alien isn't Star Wars or even Firefly. The universe is generally less exciting and forgiving. There, are, uh, Even before the eponymous alien rears its outsized head. I sometimes find myself thinking of it, unfairly no doubt, as corporate day job, the role-playing game. A space trucker generally doesn't fit the investigator mode, unless you count Kane from Nostromo, and look what happened to him. Poor Kane. Uh, Which one was Kane? He was, he was the... The one that died. Yeah. Well, uh, that, he was like, the oh, engineer. <laughs> Wasn't he the engineer? That was a joke, Stu. He, he, no, he was the guy that had the that, that was investigating, got the alien in him, and died, and then it came out of his stomach. It was the Ooh. it was the John. Oh, he was the Hurt first guy who got yeah. hurt. Yeah, okay. John Hurt he got face palmed. Yes. Okay. And he got he got in trouble because he was investigating. Right. He went down there. And yeah. Said, He's the, the one they brought back from the the, the wreck ship. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, where's um, John Hurt? Huh. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't recognize him. Uh, I'm finding myself stumped for challenges that spice the basic pattern of pick up cargo from place, deliver cargo to place B, get paid up without getting repetitive. Well, that's yeah, trucking's repetitive. Sorry. <laughs> I'm curious to hear the, your perspectives on the low-powered games you've run and played in. How do you make a session interesting and sustain low-powered campaign, particularly one based around doing jobs as opposed to missions across multiple sessions? I've been enjoying the station and thinking there's a lot to learn in there. There is. Especially as the Traveler and Alien modes are on par. Although my greatest takeaway from that awesome actual play is get a bunch of talented improvisers, throw in an odd situation, and let them go nuts. <laughs> Sell it. Well, that's it. That's it. I yeah. have no more advice. Rob, it. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. If you're running a game of... Sp- I, I don't know what the fascination is with truckers. I swear to God, I don't. I, I just don't understand. I, why is there a truck, trucker simulator? Anyway, um, I'd say it's like Dave. D- Dave d- he loves it. I know he loves it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, it's because of what I do for a living. But I don't. I don't think. 
that what their mundane jobs are is going to be the meat of your campaign or can be the meat of your campaign unless you're expecting to run an extremely boring campaign because the reason that all of these space truckers that that story is interesting because a murderous space alien came on board the ship and started killing everybody so if you're not having something happening that is extraordinary you're going to have a really boring game. I, but, it's like but the I, office, the role-playing game. But I could also see... I had like eight, a million seasons. <laughs> like people loved it. Seven, or maybe eight. But it would make a better board game than a role-playing game. But I could see you playing within the whole corporate structure. You could have... Oh, sure. In mid-journey, you could have a strike go on. And all of a sudden now, you've got people coming after you because you're a scab. Yeah, the truckers, the truckers are mad at you, and other people are. You could, you could have a corporate takeover, so the cargo you have is now illegal. You could also have um, a mob boss that is, you know, have said that their cargo was one thing; it's another thing, and now you're in trouble with the law because you've got illicit cargo. There's all sorts of things that you can do within the trucking system that doesn't involve an alien jumping out at you. No, but it, it needs to be extraordinary things. Yes, you, you don't want. I mean. It, I would think that like the, their job jobs, the, you know, pick up cargo, t- sell it someplace else for more money, is going to be something that you're going to do. Like a, it's going to mostly happen in the background, except maybe in the very beginning of the campaign, just to sort of set what the expectation is, what your job is, what the not the tone is, mm-hmm. but what the what's what the, the the routine thing that's happening yeah. in the game. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played Alien, uh, the role-playing game. Dave loves it and adores it. Um, but I have spent the last two years designing an RPG about being normal people in space. Um, and the thing I focused on, because um, that's what it is. Like My game is designed mostly to deal with life on the ship. Um, and instead of focusing on the characters' jobs, I focused on their personalities, because that's where you're going to get conflict. There's like the almost famous one with a, who's got a huge ego, and then there's the Greenhorn who doesn't know what they're doing, and those are the places where, if you want them to do day-to-day jobs and just you know do their 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 trucking missions or whatever, that's where you're going to get fun play between them while they're doing those things. You also want to throw in, oh, this guy's refusing to pay you. What do you do? And oh, it turns out your cargo you know was stolen, or oh, these there's a bunch of rocks in here, not the thing that you actually are supposed to deliver. Now what do you do? But throwing those wrenches in there if they have personality archetypes that are going to rub up against each other and cause conflict um, that's going to be that's going to be where the gold is and that's where it really like sits in that wonderful place yeah I I, <clears throat> I would imagine in because like, we kind of did this in the traveler game that we ran where mm-hmm. Dave was playing a archduke or something yeah and uh, after at first the sort of economics of I'm going to find something that we can buy at this place that will fit in the cargo hold that I have enough money for that will sell at this planet over here and will and because he was actually keeping track of yeah. the bookkeeping of the ship and it had to turn a profit because mm-hmm. he had to pay you guys yeah but it, eventually that kind of fell to the background and another story came out yeah that was that was Traveler by Design has that in there. It's oh, actually so, supposed to be part of the game. Built, yeah, the, yeah. Well, the, uh, I don't know if it's they 
produced it for second edition, but there's a Merchant Prince book for first edition mongoose. The whole the whole ship share thing. That's what that the core of that is all about. Yeah. Is having right. is paying in on the ship and keeping and it maintaining got and all of that. All everything. It's like what sort of goods, mm-hmm. different kinds of pl- types of planets will have. That will what and there's like little charts where you can roll to see what kind of price you can get mm-hmm. depending on what your I love travelers. Yeah, I'm a big traveler. Guy. It's very fiddly. But, but it's also it, it's that is not the exciting part of the game. No. <laughs> so it, at some point that's going to fall to the back. In fact, background. actual sp- ship combat in Traveler is it's not boring the exciting too. part of the game. <laughs> what is exciting about uh, Traveler, and I think mostly any game, is what happens when you make planet fall, or when there's an alien in your hold, or that's the stuff that's exciting. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it could even be the same with D and D. It's not exciting staying in town. I mean, if you think, of, I mean, Fire, you Firefly is exactly what you're describing. It is traveler. I mean, it totally is. Yeah, we've we've done enough detective assumed. work. Assumed. Well, I think he's actually come out and said. I've heard enough and evidence people posting and stuff saying that he the, somewhere there's an interview where he said it's based on a role playing game he did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, and since he's roughly our age, right? You, you can infer that that role playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and. and yeah, I mean, I, you can't you can't make the regular jobs like the main focus of the game unless their main jobs are interesting. Mm-hmm. And if it is a boring job, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it, I could totally see setting up trucker guilds that have, you know, you could have like really cutthroat trucker guilds with weaponry and stuff and they specialize in getting into hot zones and getting back out or you could have a trucker guild that, that specializes in piracy when you know, I read literally Ashes of Exodus I had so much stu- background stuff you guys never even like <laughs> rubbed up against the I merchant know. guild I really wanted thing and it was fucking nuts don't, too don't get me started on it that. was nuts I <laughs> like crime families are also something super cool like yeah. if you oh, have yeah. a delivery and you may have them make a successful delivery great and then they don't know oh they didn't pay like the protection fee to fly through that zone and now somebody's after them so there's so many things you can do um, like around trucking or, or delivering things that aren't because delivering things eventually you're right gets boring but if you, there's a million things you can throw at it yeah. and then if you throw it at it and they have different personality types and they don't agree on how to fix it and then you know it's just like it's great it snowballs and it's fantastic or like you're I mean if you're going like full trucker your meth addict gets arrested and now you need a new source <laughs> You go to that titty bar that you always go to off the 405 in Riverside, and I mean, very your, your favorite friend at the truck stop isn't there, and you're kind of worried about her. Be- and because of the time difference, the time delay it takes to deliver something across vast interstellar spaces, I mean, it could be you could get to your place, and oh, somebody else has already gotten here with the stuff we don't need anymore. And now you're stuck with this thing, yeah. and you've got to figure you got to go to get the black market to sell it, or right. contact your, and then when you contact HQ, HQ's been bought out, so now you're stuck with a load of stuff. And there's all <laughs> kinds of things you can do within the framework mm-hmm. without without having to have an alien in the hole. Mm-hmm. And 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 alien all. Also, also, that that sort of universe seems very traveler-like. Totally, because I don't recall it. <clears throat> Communication seemed to be very slow in it too, which is one of the conceits of Traveler. Is like you can you communication is works at the speed of travel. So if you need to send a message to someone, yeah. it's going to be a while before it's like so. Like the, in the sequel. It's like, well, yeah, we sent for help, and yeah, we're kind of stranded here, but uh, yeah, they'll be here in about eight weeks. 
<laughs> eight I, weeks? We can go last eight days. Yeah, right. Right. <clears throat> the way I've always known Traveler is, uh, to my mind, the way it works is that uh, information is sent up in packets to various ships, and whenever a ship comes out, it right. downloads its packets to various. So it's not. You don't get full communications on one ship. It's scattered amongst other ships that are all going to different defi- destinations. Once they they pop out of jump space, it all automatically yeah, that's in the background and downloaded. <laughs> yes, but it's faster. It's faster than just you getting from one place to another because other ships have the same info that might be. Anyway, I'm just. I think. I think sometimes communication is faster than we might anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing, uh, and I don't know about Alien, the role-playing game specifically. Um, I know some of the other games in that family have, like, um, like character mechanics. You might want to, like, homebrew some stuff. Like, like something that automatically triggers, um, and this is just kind of stolen from, from PBTA and stuff. Like, if someone does this to you, this automatically triggers, and you have to make one of these choices. So if you're living in that type of space, like, it's a really... Um, it's a really tight holding environment on a ship. So you have to have things that trigger. Otherwise, people are going to make, oh, I'm going to just study this book the whole time. And then it's like, okay, that's that's not fun. Like, traveling in space is not fun. Unless there's drama with it. So, okay. Or you just skip over that time. Right, but that's not... The, the whole thing, the whole premise of this game is to kind of, like, be in that life. And you might decide you you might get into it and hate it. But if you have these triggers that automatically happen, like so-and-so is rude to you and you have to choose this or this, and like right. like things that automatically happen, that can get moment- momentum and um, activity happening in a more docile situation where people are just living on the ship in between deliveries and right. stuff like that, too. Like, yeah, stress mechanics, basically. Great, great suggestion, garbled games. Um, that's a great thing, too. Like, oh, they're rude to you. Okay, mark it off. Oh, you got five times. Okay, you have to either blow up at them or break something, or like there has to be right. some sort of action taken to clear that stress. That I, we loved that mechanic in like the L5R when they were doing the. I forget what they called it. I think was outbursts. It, that's what happened, but I don't remember what they called Control it. Control or uh, stress. Shit. There was stress. There was something. What do you remember? What they, you had to mark them when we did Compo- the beta. Was it composure? No, no composure was a stat. I don't know, but they, a lot something of games like have that. that. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so that you have like okay, shit. yeah. When you, someone gets mad at you, okay, mark off some shit mark until a, you don't have anymore. Yeah, and, and then, then lose it, and then you have to lose <laughs> your shit, which <laughs> would totally happen in an okay. environment like in a ship. Especially if you're like, yeah oh, stuck man. for weeks, weeks at a time with these people inside a little metal bubble that yeah. you can't leave or you'll die. Yeah, I mean, the, the crew of the Nostromo barely got along. If you talk <laughs> about it, and that was a huge fucking ship. Yeah, it was, and, the, and because remember the mechanics were like they were always taking advantage of us, you know. And he, at one point he like had, oh, it's going to take us forever to fix, and then he just twisted a knob when he left and said, yeah, whatever. Just, yeah, you know, clearly they didn't get along. And, and that's the part that made it really interesting. Absolutely. Like, like until the aliens showed up, like the uh, there was like backbiting. They didn't really like each other, right. but they had to do this thing but together. A, that's all establishment stuff, though. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, I mean, you could run the game that way. You don't have to make the boring shit part of your game. No, yeah, yeah, or, or, or establish it. This is, what, this is like, the background stuff that we do. Yeah. And then just go into the interesting stuff. Yeah. That's, that, that's how I That's what I did in my game. Like, the actual jobs on the ship, like, d- matter very little until the ship starts falling apart. Yes. And then you have to fix it. And then you're like, okay, you're the I engineer, think, go. I think even in the Navy, they, there's <laughs> a lot of sweeping and a lot of cleaning and a lot of mopping floors because it's something to do while you're getting from one place sure. to another. But yeah. painting, they constantly, right. they would start on one end, especially yeah. like an aircraft carrier. And it's to keep people you start busy. On one end, by the time you get to the other, it's time to start back on the first. And you keep people busy so that they're not fighting with each other. Right. <laughs> that's true. Make, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Well, thank you, GM Rob. Yeah. Write us an update and tell us how it's going. Yeah. I also like game mothers. I'm a game mother. I'm a mother of a child and a mother of a game. I'm very excited. Is there another role-playing game that names their GMs after, like, the big bad? Because, like, shouldn't DM be like, oh, you're a dragon master? Game Orcus. I mean, from D&D, yes. But that's also, like, that adversarial jamming we hate anyway. Like, that bison. It's a lot to live up to there. Yeah. But is, uh, is that, is Alien an adversarial game between the GM and the... Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, I don't think so. This is, it's a yeah. weird choice. I don't... It's just another label that you got to overcome. Mother. <laughs> mothers. Oh. I don't know. I don't know, because that's the big... The big egg laying one. Strife! Right? Thank you, Ignatius. Uh, Ignatius strife! Ray, that's what it was. Strife in L5R. Right. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a game and just have whoa. Whoa. Not, not W O A H, but W O E. Whoa. <laughs> whoa was me. Trouble and whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Trouble and whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. There you go. Does anyone have a. Uh, a world building? Yeah. Yeah. I got, a, I got an NPC. Or, a, or even a plot point thing. Um, in playing against type, I was thinking it might be fun, and this has probably been done before for various reasons, but um, a an actual friendly necromancer. Oh. Like, someone who isn't like trying to make a zombie army or reanimate skeletons and doesn't have evil deaths. And it's just like, like the trope would be the little old lady in a hut who, for a fee, will resurrect your dead pet. Like if Sparky, if you miss Sparky, resurrect, or reanimate, reanimate. Okay. Or it could be resurrect, depending on their level, I suppose. Or if you really miss your girlfriend or wife or whatever, they died tragically. You can bring them back. Um, and the, or maybe the, just talk to them. Or talk to yeah, them. Yeah, just communicate. Right. Um, and it's it's just, but they're not malevolent. They're you know, it could be a priest who, mm-hmm. or it, it could be a, a a fortune teller in town. And they they actually are not evil. They don't particularly you know. They just work with the dead. Mm-hmm. You know, morticians aren't evil. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. providing a service that we kind of all need. Desperately need, yeah. This is our most modest receptacle. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be like a, just a necromancer who just happens to deal with dead things, and they're not particularly evil. Um, I mean, uh, some of the plot I was thinking of was like the characters are called upon to put down some zombies that are wandering around a small town, and once you get at them, it's like, that's my uncle, stop! He got out of the barn! Don't kill my uncle! Don't kill yeah. my uncle! And you're like, what do you mean that's your uncle? No, we have the old lady at the road <laughs> bring our uncle back. He, he got out. Right. It's like, but he's been eating people. Well, you know, or, you know, so there's some plots you could have around it where it's like, it's the unintended consequence of reanimating your dead uncle, but it's not, it wasn't for a nefarious purpose. He's not making, a, they're not making an undead army. But I, I just thought that that would be an interesting trope to play with. That that can involve a lot of different. It's like Mandite. Yeah, that's right. He was he was a necromancer, and he actually had zombies guarding his place. But it's like, no, these are people who like really pissed me off. They deserve it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's not. There was a there was a movie. Actually, there was a movie out called, uh, called Fido, where the zombie apocalypse happened, and then they realized that they could put these collars on the zombies, and the zombies became servants. So everybody had zombie servants. I think I've seen that. But at one point, somebody's collar man- uh, malfunctioned, so it was attacking people. Mm. And but it was this little kid's caretaker zombie, Aww. and and he was trying to protect it. But yeah, it was named Fido, and it it, it, it kind of is like this. It's like 
there's some zombies walking around this town, but they're mostly harmless. It, you know, they're family members. It's just only yeah. when they get off of their chains and they run loose and attack strangers. You could, there's a lot of different stories you could do with it, but it, it's... Uh, it's a very complicated idea to unpack. It is, isn't it? It can Make be fun. Well, it's like, what's his name in uh, Walking Dead who kept his daughter who had been turned into a zombie? Remember that? No, I've never watched that show. Oh, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk Fuck! Well, that, okay, so that's a great example oh. of a plot <laughs> that can come out of this. Thing. Oh, yeah. And, it's the, and, the, and the person isn't doing it malevolently. I mean, they can even do it for money. They're like, yeah, you know, you pay me. And the old lady at the road, you, you buy me, you get me a lamb, some mutton, and some turnips, and I'll, uh, I'll bring Sparky back for you. Right, you know, just she's just a little old lady up the road who does stuff, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's my thought. The uh, the friendly necrom necromancer NPC. Excellent. Okay. I'm not doing them. I'm, I'm more, yeah, I have a mora moratorium on them because mm -hmm. I'm prepping a, a world. Do you have anything or no? Um, I just wanted to do a like a holiday. Mm -hmm. I don't have a name for it yet. Um. Uh, but it's basically like a, a big feast day um, right before um, the winter. And it's basically like the like a final giant meal in each community. Um, like a huge like, like feast. And like maybe to get rid of the stuff that doesn't keep. Yeah, and, and also and also as like a good luck making it through the winter, we're gonna have one good meal, hopefully like we'll help build up the, the fat and stuff to like survive. Um, and and it it comes from many winters of people not making it through the winter, so everyone wants to have the memory of being with everybody before the hard winter. Like a solstice feast or a harvest feast. Not not to celebrate a harvest. Like it's a it's a like almost like a goodbye feast before the the scary. It's a pre-funeral. Well, <laughs> no. But it's basically like you might not. I may not see you in the spring. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's have a drink together because I don't know. It's like it's more like when people go to war, and you're like, hey, let's have a drink together before you go or something like that. I mean, that's a little bit of an extreme example, but like for the harsh winters, right? Okay. It's a potential pre-funeral. No. <laughs> well, now, is it just one day, or is this like a festival that lasts like a week? I think it lasts like a week. Okay. Um, and like everybody, like every village or town or like even the cities, it's a little bit harder and it's actually like starting to kind of fade away as a tradition in the cities. Because they have to really stockpile because there's, well, yeah, and there's so many people like you, it's not a communal thing. Right. Like in a village, everybody could come to this, but right. in the city, you kind of have like different neighborhoods do it. Um, but it's kind of becoming like a smaller thing in the cities. I was reading some stuff on Stonehenge and some of those areas and they were talking about how the evidence seems to be that tribes and groups from all over the area would gather at certain times and have like a week-long festival mm -hmm. and then they'd go their separate ways again so i could totally see how that would work yeah i was actually listening to a podcast i don't remember which one it was they found the oldest structure like created by by humans um and they think it was like they have these big like vats there, and they think it was for brewing, mm -hmm. and they think it was for like a ce celebration, like a big giant celebration where where everyone drank alcohol. Um, and this is where different Ooh. groups, <laughs> and this is still most people were mostly nomadic in the area, still they hadn't settled. Right. So all these groups would come together for this big celebration, and they drink, and they think that's where like a lot of like, like a fermentation vat. They think it was yeah, like huge, yeah, and it's the oldest thing that they have. It's older than any temples. It's older than Stonehenge. Like it is like the oldest thing that they found created by by humans. I wonder if that um, would have been probably not created, but like like for gathering. Like it's like probably would have been mead. 
have no I, idea. I was, uh, there's a similar thing, I think, with Queen Ram, where they found the, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm. They think it's. They think it was just like a a spot that people would come to to I do the thing and then go away. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. There were vats found there. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I think it was there. And they um, and then like, yeah, and they think that this is where groups would gather. They might have you know, and then yeah, have a religious festival. Spread the, the make the gene pool a little bigger with their groups. Was these well, groups sure. mingled? So something had to happen with the the way we were early humans were organized. Something had to happen to. to Make sure inbreeding didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. So I would imagine it would have been something like that. Yeah, it's also that you could go dark with it, like the Wicker Man, where they have to, I've never they have seen to entice some poor person into the Wicker oh. to to That's make sure. Yours is super dark. Let's see what happy. <laughs> well, mine's dark too, I guess. It's it like, is. It's yeah. like I may not see you in the spring. <laughs> so let's gorge ourselves. We'll hang out and have fun. I got now. this ham. Yeah. It ain't gonna make it to December. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. All right. Okay. And that's it. And then was the thing. Did you get the soundboard to work? We have having reorganization issues. The soundboard was the first thing to work. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's important. It is. Thank you for joining us for season twenty-nine, episode one of Happy Jack's Review Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I'm still Stork. And we'll see you in a week on Saturday at uh, ten a.m. ish Pacific time. Okay. Until then. Uh, don't let your prep be a slave you and make you do things you don't want to do in games. What? What? <laughs> Words. Uh, well, I had a way of saying it and then I fell out of my head before I did that. Uh, uh, maybe we should go. All right. So, Thank you very much. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.